This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. All right, guys, welcome back to the Team Never Quit podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm here with Marcus and Morgan for another week, another episode. What up, what up? Hey, we got to do this thing. We do a Patreon question every single week. If you've never heard us talk about Patreon, it is where our listeners go join us for exclusive content, live videos with Marcus and Morgan, all kind of other fun stuff. Somebody's got to teach Marcus how to use a mic stand. Andrew, a mic stand. And uh, (laughs) it's falling over, dude. Morgan, can you teach him how to use that thing? Look at that thing. Dude, you know how much it costs? I know that's what I'm giving him grief about it. I shouldn't have to. The microphone faces the same way as apparently whatever you paid for. Not the microphone. The bass thing. The mic lines up with the front of the bass. Why why can't quit fucking with it? Why don't y'all do your thing and let me do mine? What are you even talking about? <laughs> How about that? How about we do that? Stay in your lane. All right. We're in the lane. How am I going to learn what it can and can't do unless I do stuff <laughs> like that? We're, we're past the point of where it's okay to break it, lose it. What is it? Break it, lose it, or paint it? What do we That's even That's That's even break bad. One, we break, lose, I can't even remember that. We can break a bowling ball. Yeah, that's. I thought that was a team guy thing. It was break one, lose either break it, lose it, or... Paint it or some shit. Anyway, go ahead. Or duct tape it. Patreon yeah, yeah, question. Tape it. <laughs> Patreon question of the day coming from Sarah. Sarah says, as a military historian, particularly, she strongly believes in the concept of the alphas. Describe the necessity of our nation's alphas, what that means to you, and how and why the society of whom they serve should revere the alpha class. Deep question. Can somebody, can somebody wow. answer so that? We, do we have the De- Jeopardy sound effect? Can yeah. we circle back to that one so we can think about our answer? Jeez, why is it important to have an alpha society inside our borders? Yeah, she basically says, she even kind of ends it with saying, instead of being discrediting and dismantling, so why is it important to revere the alpha class? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily well, more important. First of all, I mean, most real alphas don't, don't come out and recognize themselves. They integrate in and they kind of push from, from around. And you, you get to a point with us where we became trained ourselves into a capacity to where our, our violence of action, we, we, would, we learned to use that to protect people from ourselves. If we see, see our likeness walking around, it's you, 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 if you're big and tough and mean or if you're not and you, in any capacity, you train yourself to, to a point to where your whole world revolves around everybody around you and you do everything you can to keep a peace and a calm in that. And the understanding that there are good and bad days in that, the ebb and flow of it, and rolling with that. And it's not a, you're born that way, and it, 
I mean, you have to, those guys have to go out and get chiseled down and, and understand just exactly how that works. And it takes time. And it's incumbent upon those guys to, te- to train down, too. I think being, she said revered, I think that's almost a byproduct of an individual that is, is, has, or wants the ability or position to be out front. Recognized. Well, not even recognized, like Marcus was alluding to. It's not a lot of people that are in, that we look up to and we revere, like internally, is not someone who's actually out there trying to get recognition. Yeah. More so than they're trying to accomplish and solve a problem yeah. set and make them themselves, those around them, and our country a better place. And that's why an alpha is so important. They help the progression of who we are as a society. What you got on that one? I, I'm still thinking about it, to be honest with you. I mean, we need alpha males, that's for sure, in our society. We, we have to because our society is getting weaker as, as, it, as, as it goes along, trying to, to bow down to everybody and be, you know, like they want to be a piece of everybody, they want to hurt anybody, they just want to be their own little weak thing and, can, and comply to what everyone's telling them they should be through whatever the narrative of the society is, you know? And uh, I, I agree with her, but um, also we, you know, alphas to me are strength. Alphas to me, are, uh, even when I was in buds, are the guys that I that uh, inspired me to be better, to be better, uh, to be a better person, be a stronger person, and to be out front. You know, so to me, that's what it was—just that inspiring male. You know, growing up, you know, males were you know revered, and the stronger ones even more revered, and that's uh, that inspired me to be bigger and stronger. You know, the biggest misconception is they only exist in the, like if you best way I can describe it is in like in the animal kingdom. They got the lion mm-hmm. king, but then you got all the way down to the lowest common denominator, the the ants and the small the creepy things. Man, they're they're still alphas in that community mm-hmm. as well, and they just all everything keeps itself in check. Mm-hmm. You you know you recognize them when you're walking around and and who wants to be feared and. Uh, who had really earned that and all, all that kind of, and you can tell who they are, right? Well, as soon as they open their mouths, um, we can at least, but that, that takes time. I mean, you got to. Thanks for the question, Sarah. Appreciate that. If you want to ask your questions that to that. Wow. <laughs> I was like, it really was. I was like way deeper than we normally Yeah, that was like, can we stop and like go That's look That's a at, whole podcast in itself. I need to write right? this can, can we go look yeah, up our answers and like really craft them and then come back tomorrow with that one? Because I'll, I'll be driving down the road. So that would have been a perfect thing to say for that whole. Yeah, <laughs> later on. Later on, you'll have a perfect answer. Yeah, so pull that out of there. We can always go back to it. Yeah, we'll come back. So if you guys have questions for the guys, for the guests, head over to patreon.com slash team never quit. You can join us there. You can ask your questions. You can join us for those live streams. You get some exclusive swag. It's cool. We've got a great guest in store for you guys. You've already been a fly in the wall for a little bit of their conversation. 24-year Navy veteran, retired Navy SEAL, professional photographer, Darren McBee, McBurnett. Burnett or Burnett? Yeah, or, or McBee. Or just McBee. McBee. Yeah, McBee, cool. McBee works fantastically. Perfectly. McBee is the author of Uncommon Grit. Welcome to the show, Darren. It's an honor to be here. It really is. First one in the in the new digs, yeah, in the new studio. So, I man. mean, this is it's two honors. You, so thank you. What do you think? Honor, I love it. And this it's is a, it's a work of progress. So gotta, gotta make sure you it literally looks like a platoon space. That's what I love. This is just one room in the larger platoon space. The gym, the gym, like one big. The beds upstairs. Legit. Watch huh? standards. You said you slept well. Big rainy cold night. Yeah, I was like, I woke up. I'm like, what the hell is that sound? <laughs> rain on like, the tin roof. I go up like, whoa, it's raining. So, so we have screech owls out here too. The owls and some the coyotes sometimes make some mm. noise. When's the last time you saw watch my cousin Vinny? 
Oh my god. When it comes out, it with, comes that, out with that burner. That's why I don't keep yeah. any guns upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did hear the cocks this morning. They were howling. So they do that. That's why we keep them around. <laughs> oh, and there's another. Uh, no matter what you believe, roosters will crow. It's not just in the morning. Oh, yesterday I went to go look in there and they're screeching at me. But um, yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thank you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, out. you know, I'm the first one in here, so that's an honor. Get so sign thank the wall. you. Sign the wall. I brought a. Ch- I well, since you're the first one, we'll come up with some cool stuff that we got to we got to do. Oh, if you're, I'm, if you're, if you're a guest. I'm sending you guys some stuff. That's for sure. It's that's what's really a great cool. idea. Every time you come on, you got to bring something. Yeah, trident at least. Yeah, I brought the trident. It was funny because uh, we we had this conversation yesterday. Like, if you go into my house, you you think two things. Number one, either <laughs> I own a comic book store and I golf. That's about you. There's not a seal thing in there. Uh, same in my house. Yeah. Nothing. And so it's in a box. <laughs> exactly. Great little, retail shop. Though. Yeah. Comic t- books and golf. Yeah. Tiny little there. Oh, it's snakes and sparklers. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, all I got. <laughs> oh, it's up there next to my Predator dolls. Okay. There. Oh, there it is. So I put others, all the medals in there and things you got over the years. And like scraping around. I'm like, I hope I got one in there. Oh, so I found one. I'm like, oh, thank God. And I put it back. But, um, but I, I, I haven't made my shadow box yet. I'm, I, I'm thinking about it. So you got time. Yeah, I don't have one either. I yeah, it's like man. Favorite comic book, favorite golf club, and a box. Ooh, oh, you had to go deep. Well, my well, my favorite kind of club, or which one do I, if which one do I love the What's most? What's the most expensive comic book you have? Ooh, um, is there a, and is there a difference? Yes. There's a huge difference with the clubs. I didn't think there was. I'm like, oh, there's a club, a club's club. No, no, no. I got that part. The comic book between your favorite and the most expensive. Ooh. Um, God, it's. I just don't think. You don't have any like crazy Superman twos, ones, or like. No, I don't have any of that. Spider Man. No, no, I don't have any. Are you graphic novel kind of guy? Or just... I love graphic novels. Okay. Probably my favorite is Frank Miller. Frank. Yeah. Hands he does down. Good work. Hands down. Uh. I think my most expensive comic book is maybe like twenty five hundred. That's uh, not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap, but uh, but you know it just that like the, to get really expensive comic books, you got to go way back. I mean those the this, the the golden era of them, and that's Final Fantasy. It's like Spider Man one. Yeah, you still have the, the old one action where comics. Died? Yeah, I remember you buying it. Like it's gonna be yeah. expensive one day. I got it. It's still not very expensive. <laughs> which I still is, have it though. Which is weird, you know, but. Uh, because everyone knows Superman does. Right? Yeah, he, he can't. He's impossible to die. Superman, some drill. But I tell you what, though. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Is it? Did you get? You guys watched the Justice League? Of course. Did, uh, Wait, which one? The new one? The cartoon? Yeah, the new one. The oh, new yeah, one yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with. Is it me or did Wonder Woman literally get beat up to the entire fucking movie? I mean, she's always fighting, always getting hit. Superman just, I mean, even in the scene where they brought Superman back to life, it seemed like he just beat the crap out, out of her. Oh, where he cranked her head button? Yeah. I mean, it's like she was in the brunt of all the fights. She's a badass. Though. Did you notice that? No. I, mean, I didn't, really, no, I didn't pay attention. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this out loud. I didn't, pay, I didn't catch that. Now that you pointed it out, I'm probably going to be like, oh, of course you didn't because you're a man. Uh, no, I just thought because Aquaman didn't really do too much. Flash just ran away. Uh, the, the cyborg, he just sat there and with the mother boxes and then it was just kind of up to him and Batman yeah, Batman and Wonder Woman standard you know and just like she just I don't know that was just me I kind of lost taste of it when Batman thought he actually had a chance to kick Superman's ass oh yeah I was like that's not how oh, this works yeah. no but uh where, where are we going there back to so that was comics I as a matter of fact I don't how really how the hell are we get on talk? I don't know matter. 
yeah, that's how so it works. yeah, so we're into that. But uh, clubs, there, uh, God, I never thought there'd be differences with clubs, but there, there actually, there really, really is. And so, what were you asking again? What's my favorite club? Or yeah, we were going with comic with that. But anyway, we, we, yeah, okay, we can sit back there. All right, yeah, so, all right, all right circle back. Here's so, no, so here we are. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to Team Never Quit Podcast. Give us because then I start thinking about comic book. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, wow, literally, mine will wander for four freaking yeah. hours, and we're I mean, on time. I'm schedule. going to like. So give our viewers, our listeners, our viewers and our listeners, because we're YouTube now. Check us oh. out. Hey, uh, give us some flying information. Background, middle past, and then we'll work up to because what you got going on right now is like over the top cool. Oh, thank you very much. Let's back that up before yeah, and give, like you said, man, a history lesson. Where are you from? Oh, all right. What's that you claim? Because everybody right. seems to think the people that do what we do or, do or have doing what we're doing are like from a specific place that makes them special in their own right. But like we could, we're all walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. The um, ones that weren't special. Oh, get ready for the show. Um, no, for me, it is, it is my. My history, my uh, my whole family's been in the military. So, my grandfather on both sides, mom, and, my mom and dad's uh, parents were in the, in the military. Uh, World War Two. My grandmother's even in the military. She was a nurse at World War Two really? over in Germany. Yep. Uh, my father served. He uh, was an officer. He flew EA sixes, and so we grew up in the military bases. And. Uh, I actually like living on the bases. We, I was, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but they, so they stayed in. You were a brat. Like you yeah, did the I was a travel deal. Yeah. Not I, just they served, got out. And yeah, I was you, a brat up uh, until, hmm, 14 years old, 15. Um, so I was born in California. And then literally two weeks later, Monterey, two weeks later, my dad gets orders to Japan. Ooh. So he goes to Japan, to, to uh, Spain, to Guam, back to Japan. And then uh, back to California, Bakersfield, California. Um, and I was like ten years old, so I left Spain when I was Guam. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. So, but I don't remember, barely remember any of that stuff. But I just know that when I left, I was like two weeks old and set foot back in the United States when I was ten. So that's what I. And I lived on bases. And so from there, uh, you know, finished out that, and then he got orders to Tampa. You know, and then uh, he did uh, a lot of time there. But he kept us in in Florida, though. He kept us in uh, Hillsborough County, Florida. And uh, so he actually did two years there. But then he went up to Alaska and served, came back and then went to Pensacola. And he just kept us right there. And of course, you know, led to divorce. And my whole family is from uh, Indiana. So I got my mom lived in uh, northern Indiana. My uh, uh, my grandmother lived in uh, central Indiana and uh my dad's brother lived in Indiana, so Indiana's kind of like where we went for the summertime. When we got back to the States, every summer, like, hey, you're going to go to Indiana for the summer. And so that's kind of like... So like farm or... Yeah, or farm. farm. Yeah, yeah nor northern Indiana, like Grange, Indiana, so, and half of it's uh, Amish County. So horse and buggy down the road, and it's corn, soybeans, about uh, 300 head of cattle. So I actually enjoyed the life. I, I actually really enjoyed uh, going to the farm in, on the summertime. Loved it. I just thought it was just the coolest thing ever. I could, here's my little dorky ass with buck teeth and glasses on a John Deere track. You know, going Barry, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about. I mean, my 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 little uh, uh, John Deere hat, which my big ears are sticking out, and my little buck teeth, and I'm in this big old loader, you know, driving it down the road and off to the fields. It was really I I enjoyed that life. So. Um, Anyway, so my dad gets divorced, and I ended up living with my mom in northern Indiana for my sophomore year in high school. And then uh, then we uh, 
and then dad went back down to Florida. So I moved back down with him. My brother goes off to Purdue University, and then he decides he wants to be a Greek Orthodox priest. Okay. Greek Orthodox. Greek Orthodox priest. Okay. Talk about some weirdos. Uh, not not Greek Orthodox, but like that was my dad. I'm like, what? And you've been divorced twice. You have you have two kids. Um, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't think you're going to get ordained. You know, because they're very specific. You know, there's <laughs> <laughs> rules. I, I think they have specificity. rules. Specificity. And uh, so we end up going to Boston, and uh, he goes there in Cambridge, and then now now I'm living in uh, West Rocks. Uh, excuse me, uh, Rosendale. Uh, it just just it's in West, but just right in the south, right on the line of South Boston. And so now I'm going to West Roxbury High School, and then he moves again to Northern. Uh, Massachusetts. So then I ended up going to Beverly High School my senior year. So I never went to the same high school for more than a, more than a year. So I was. So that's what got me. Always in. the new guy. Then. Yeah, always the new guy. Yeah, always the consummate new guy. But I did fall into running when I was a lad. When I was in the seventh grade, we always had to run like a mile and a half around the whole field, and I always won it for some reason. I always sprinted out as fast as I could, you know, and always won it. And so our PE coach. Uh, excuse me, our PE teacher, who looked a lot, but she was a girl, looked a lot like uh, the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> she had Jesus, really? yeah, hair out to here. And, so she's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> in shape, then. In shape, <laughs> in shape, mean. But uh, she goes, you should, uh, you're really good at that. You should go out for track. And so I went out for track, and it was a, uh, as it was eighth grade, it was an eighth and ninth grade combination school. Uh, Buchanan High School in Florida, and then um, that's where I started track, and that's doing track. Of course, that led to cross country. Cross country led to road races. Road races led to biathlons. Biathlons, biathlons led to triathlons, and so that's pretty much what I did in high school. So, believe it or not, I had like maybe no friends. I think I maybe had one friend, and he had no friends. Um, but that's what I did. I channelized all my energy into running, and so I, my days were uh, very, very disciplined. Um, you know, pretty much whatever sport was going on, whatever season was, fall, spring, summer, it, it didn't matter, winter, I was always running or swimming or training or, or doing something. And I was always working, too. I was working at the Stop and Shop, McDonald's, an ice cream store, which I loved, and uh, that gave me the money to go do my races. I mean, there's races that I did. What's good about Boston is you can take the, the, the orange line anywhere in Boston. All you need is a dime. You got a dime, you can go. And uh, went to races everywhere. When we went up north, I would, some some races I'd bike to. I'd bike like thirty miles to go to race, or fifty miles to go to a, to, to do a damn ten k ride. Fifty miles to do a damn ten k road race and, and ride back, and then go to work. So it was kind of like what I did. He definitely didn't have any friends. Yeah, I was, and I was nerd. I, I was nerdy looking too. So um, that's the way it was. Uh, but it's it's. You know, and and if you really look at that, that established my work ethic, and uh, so and I and I tell people this quite a bit. I mean, I'll I'll go my my senior year of high school. This is what I was doing. I go to school, okay, get done about two fifteen, two thirty. This is winter time now. We had indoor track, okay. Our school actually had an indoor track, so I'd have indoor track practice. But also we had a swim team. And the pool was not at the pool, excuse me, at the school. It was at the YMCA, which was three and a half miles away. So I would get done with track. And swim team met three days a week and on weekends because we shared it with the YMCA. So we didn't get like all, you can practice all day. And you got like an hour and a half. 
So I would do, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd run to school, which is about uh, two and a half, three miles away, run to school, do that, run, uh, do uh, indoor track, run to swim team, do swim team, and then run home. This is six miles now, six miles from YMCA to my house. And then I didn't have to take a shower because, hey, I just got done swimming, so chlorine obviously is clean. So put my McDonald's uniform on, put on my coat, go down. Did you work at McDonald's? McDonald's, yeah. And that is the, so awesome. And the stop and shop, you know. And then uh, I'd go go across, go across the, the railroad tracks. Fries or are you a grill man? Oh, I, I was a grill man. And I worked up. <laughs> I worked up. I'm telling you, I, I started climbed, out. I climbed. I That's climbed the that ladder. What's yes, up? I did. I climbed That's that ladder. That's the discipline. Mm-hmm. Favorite meal from McDonald's. The McRib, I heard it's coming back in a couple days. The McRib was actually really, really good. I love the McRib. Who did? Yeah. Shit, yeah, who don't? It's great, man. <laughs> who don't? So, so do you eat the McRib from the side or from the front? I think oh, was... I just scarfed that thing down. I used, to, I used to create my own sandwiches because uh, all that running that I did, and I'd, I'd get there and I'd be on the grill and sh- 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 I'd do fries. I mean, the night shift, I mean, I, I was like everything back there. I did the grill. I did the fries. I did the the the, the fish witches, the, the chicken sandwiches, and sometimes I'd be on the drive through at the same time. But uh, uh, that's what I I enjoyed doing it. But that was that was my uh, uh, that was my cycle, man. And uh, and that's but I I knew if I if I had to do all these things, I had to work for it, you know. And so that established who I am as 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 a person. It's like that was my work ethic, you know. I mean, that was a lot of miles, a lot of time. And and the thing about it is, as I didn't look I didn't look around for anybody to uh, give me praise. I wasn't looking for praise. I did it on my own. I was like, this is what I wanted to do and, and make a difference in my life and what I enjoyed doing. And I didn't care who the hell looked. I was like, no, this is who I am. Established my, like I said, work ethic on, um, on my life. And that planted the seed. So that was kind of like my Seems growth. like you were more focused on what you were trying to accomplish than what you were making monetarily. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, in my head, I was going to be a professional triathlete, period. That's what I wanted to do. Didn't make it. <laughs> Didn't make it. <laughs> Didn't make it. Didn't keep right there. Body but, started changing. Uh, yeah, I did uh, my, yeah, you got hair in funny spots, you know. <laughs> I think a woman walked into my life. Yeah. SEAL teams will do that to you. Oh, they screwed me up, man. I'm telling you that. So who got you in the kick for that? The, uh, for the teams. Now, that's a happy accident, to be honest with you. Um, so my dad was in the military. I remember my dad, when I was doing the Ironman, I remember him saying something about the Navy has super elite guys that do triathlons all the time. And I think he was referring to the first Ironman at Hawaii, I do believe was done by uh, uh, yeah. Frogman or man. But that was a long time, like, that, that was a long, I mean, I was in high school, but so I go to college, uh, not very much fun. With him a liberal arts degree, it's like, you know, humanities degree. I transferred to Purdue University, graduate there. And that's when I joined the Navy. It's like, I always knew I was gonna join the Navy. Um, I should have done it out of high school, but because we have a running team in the Navy, we have a triathlon team, don't we? We had a SISM, SISM team. team, yeah, that's right, SISM team. You can probably, in my mind, well, I saw oh, them twice in my entire career. Yeah, they, they were. If you, if we can circle back, the SISM team was what I thought the Navy SEAL teams were. Right. SISM team. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what one, I thought it was. Our, one of our OICs was he, he was on the thing for a little while. <laughs> Shaved up, greased up body. Oh, speedo. So when I got in the Navy, uh, this was uh, January of 93, um, 
know, I'm just Corman. You know, we talked about Corman yesterday. You know how much fun that was. Mm, being great time. Delts. Mm, mm, mm. Best ever. Uh, <laughs> Especially back in them days. <sighs> so I was a Corman. So I go in and went to core school, worked at the, the uh, Balboa Hospital. And then you get the PRTs that we had to take. Now, I had no upper body strength. I mean, I wish I knew about CrossFit and core strength training back when I was heavy deep doing races and try i wish i had zero upper body strength you should see me do this the navy prt it was pathetic i mean i literally literally did exactly 52 uh, uh sit-ups 42 push-ups exactly the minimum the, the six pull it was six pull-ups i remember not the minimum it's what's the standard it is what you said we <laughs> said oh, dude sorry, you remember standard. that and you got you did poor you did good you did excellent you know how many you got it doesn't work like it's just pass or fail yeah, it was barely got the minimum. Um, I mean, it was like I didn't even do more. It's like no, I exact. It's not that I didn't want to do any more push-ups. Is that my my feeble little weak body couldn't do any more damn push-ups? I mean, I was like shaking like a like a shaved poodle shit in a peach pit. I'm at fifty two. You know, trying to get them out. So is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as I... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. But then we got into the pool and I did the swim in like 515. Damn. <laughs> Holy Lord. And then I did the run in the boondock. Remember the doing the boondockers? He had to do in the yeah the dungies and boondockers. Dungies and boondockers. Dude, and I ran that in like eight forty in boondockers. Not like the dungies and dockers. The shit nowadays, they get running shoes and running shorts, and they can actually treat it like it's a damn race. It's like you're, you're clunking, you know, running. I mean, there had to be an element of the tough. You had to be a little bit tough to get through. That's why they make you do it like that. Yeah, it was putting them in running shoes and everything. And that I mean, yeah, you're not gonna have that when we're doing our thing. Yeah, I wish they just. You know what you used to do when you check in the buds? Y'all have y'all get issued dungarees. You in PTR? That's what I checked in in dungarees. Dung, yeah, remember my first ten mile conditioning run <laughs> was in dungarees. I was bleeding so <laughs> bad because we hit the surf so many times. Oh God, yeah. White shirt, dungarees, and the freaking boondock. Yeah, I didn't get my greens yet. I, I did the old course in dungarees. I'm like, oh, this hurts. You know, this is awful. <laughs> Wait, am I, have I moved up to the to the greens yet? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Those are great. But uh, but be but my test was, um, you know, I'm like, hey, you're really fast at swimming. So I, I'm working at Balboa Hospital, the emergency room, and uh, you know, you should try out. Uh, for like the SEAL teams and I'm like I giggled a little bit and I'm like well that's cute what do they do you know so this is your career counselor at this time because you got your orders are going out to the USS Never Flying Dutchman and you know and we should try out for the SEAL teams you know it's like what do they do are you ready for this 
They swim all day and scuba dive. Very well read well, individual. I am who doesn't want to fucking do that. After a short walk on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, uh, swimming in a pool, which I was really good at because I was at Purdue. I did water polo and swim team and, and cycling team and rowing. I was very, very athletic. I just didn't look athletic. Um, but uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> sure, here you go. Bam, that would, that's all it took. You know, but I learned from the crew counselors is work. Very, very first lesson we all learned is work harder. Excuse me, work smarter, not harder. Uh, yeah. So instead of like making the calls, you know, doing their, I don't even had a computer back then. I mean, maybe one, and you had to make get all the orders and actually type them up. All the people, the corpsmen coming in and corpsmen going out and finding duty stations. It's like, well, I'll just send you someplace where you're ninety percent. You're going to fail out, and it's their problem to deal with you. Good stamp, go have fun. You know, so. It was, uh, it was interesting. So I got there and I'm like, all right. And this is where I was bamboozled because when I first got there, I walked to the quarter deck and I didn't know it was second phase because it was like four guys running with uh, twin 80s on across the grinder. They was like this way. They really do scuba dive. I'm like, yeah. See, I was bamboozled. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Oh, where's the pool? Oh, I'm excited. They're Let me running. Go get, they're excited to get to the Let food. me go get my Speedos on. Where, where, do, where do I need Where's my stuff? Where do I get my tanks? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, then I was informed really quickly that uh, this big hulking of a man comes. Uh, I, I forget his name, but he had like a small little mustache. He was built, you know, he had UDT shorts on, just snug little grape nuts down there, you know, and he just starts yelling at me to hit the surf, you know, just berating me, you know, because I was kind of like, I didn't look like, I mean, I kind of, I, I had like a weak spoon chest, I know. Uh, little big legs, but I had like a little muffin top because I wasn't really, you know, I did. I was one of those guys that can be really fast, but didn't look like I was literally anything. So of course I was picked to be the first one to quit, you know. So he's yelling at me to go get the surf, and I have no idea. I've got my little sea bag with me and my little orders, and of course I ask him, well, what does that mean, you know? What? And of course he told me. And then this this is the second thing I did wrong. I asked where the locker room was so I can change into my swim gear. <laughs> Before you went to hit the surf? Yeah. <laughs> that ought to, there ought to be a recording. Uh, that ought to be a thing. Well, everybody's first line. Oh, what happens to them yeah. when, they, when they don't know what to do? Because <laughs> that's priceless. So, well, so then he showed me where the surf was. And that was my intro. So my my, my dress blues are all just uh, just destroyed. And, and <laughs> But uh, that was my intro to Buds. And then uh, got there, went to PTR and... And everybody looked like they belonged there. I mean, it was like they all they all had muscles, they all had bodies harder. Isn't that intimidating? Yeah. It's so intim I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, why does everybody look in shape and different. bad yeah. like different? It's like here I am, like, you know, 215 pounds of chewed bubblegum. They all look like Ferraris and shit. And I'm like, like Herbie, Herbie the love bug, you know. <laughs> I fell off the transport. <laughs> I landed right here. Here I am. <laughs> Of course, I was the first one to pick to quit. I mean, everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to quit. He was puny. So that, that's, that's how I got the buds. And so um, it was real interesting. Now, I had a hard time. I had a really oh, – everyone has a hard time with buds. I mean, I, everybody does. Um, but I had uh, – I, I could – thank God I could swim and, and run. You know, that, those are my saviors, especially when the tide was out. I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, I'm going to kick everyone's ass on this fucking run, you know. That was the worst. But O-Course, Grinder PTs, uh, Log PTs, 
Oh man, uh, you, uh, brutal. I'd like just like I'd get like two sets of ten, and then it was my turn again. I'm like already, damn it. And I'd get up there. I'm like, Ugh. and then we we had instructor Hawes there. We yeah, had I don't uh, know. <laughs> we oh my god, and it just they just tore me up and like get. And I was in the back in the grinder, just sprinting back and forth. But I got happy hitting the ice boat and doing. Um, hitting the surf because I didn't have to be in the damn pull-up bar because I sucked at it. It's unbelievable how many, like, they have a show like David Goggins who has a pull-up record. Yeah. World pull-up record. Have you, remember doing, you got buddies lifting you up. Your hands aren't even on the bar, really. Or they're just kind of laying over you. It's like, eh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you do yes. something like, yes. <laughs> and they're, they're, you're not even doing anything. They're picking you up and then instructors because you think you're getting away with it. You're like, oh, it's good. You're like, yeah. Oh, they they were right next to me, right on me. Yeah. You know, but I, what I liked about in the surface, my hands got sticky because of the uh, salt water, and then you got the sand, so it kind of gave me a grip. And I'm like, oh, ugh. so yeah, I had a hard time with all with all the physical strength. Uh, I, I never and I never got better at it. Even in third phase, we had to do all this shit with the with our gear on. I still sucked at it, and I was still hitting the damn surf. I'm like. I'll be happy to graduate because I'm tired of hitting this fucking surf. I'm tired. Little of, did you know. I'm tired. I'm tired, Sarge. I'm tired. I guess if you had to sum up the overall, everything that goes down in buds, it's it's that. Man, I ran to the ocean a lot and jumped in it and ran back. Yep. I got That's what I did that. more than anything. But a couple guys inspired. Eshelman. Remember Eshelman? He, he was uh, one of my one of the guys that inspired me at buds. Um uh, I think we universally hated every instructor staff in second phase. Uh, we had Decker, we oh, had the Mulebach, Watkins. You know, we had those guys, but they're busy all up making the rock. So, and they came back for that, which is hilarious. Uh, where Mashi at the time was a chalker. Remember Mashi chalker? With Dennis. Her? Yeah. Snake well, eyes. Everyone knows that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, snake eyes chalker. <laughs> you hear his name, everybody's like, "Where's oh, what?" Yeah. <laughs> no, we do have guys like that in our community. When you say that name, like, oh yeah, I heard oh, of that yeah. dude. You're that motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are the greatest. It turns out the hammers are the greatest dudes. Mm. Usually the ones that beat the mess out of you, and you just never forget them guys. Oh my. Or God, their yeah. voices. Oh, I will. Uh, yeah, because I failed pool comp, which was weird. Because he's like, "How can you fail? The only thing you're good at is water evolutions." So it, the whole <laughs> argument collapses on itself, and you fail. The only thing you're good at in this damn school was swimming, and water evolutions, and I failed pool comp. But uh, <laughs> I think I was bamboozled a little bit on that one too, because I had I, I started out with Mulebach and then Decker back back to back, done. One even one even. Yeah, I, I didn't you got get a in chance. that line, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't even get a chance. Not even out the gate, dude. I, when they would literally, when they wouldn't like a dude so much when they when he was entering the water. I mean, oh. their fins are in the water, about to go underwater, and the instructor would be like, "Panic, fail, get back to the wall." And they're like, "I just jumped in." He's like, "Panic, confusion, out of sequence, get the fuck out of the pool." And I'd be literally like that. So I jumped in the water wrong. Okay, <laughs> panic, confusion, out of sequence. So that was, that was my, and I was, t- I'm like, God damn it. And his, so did the review board. And next thing you know, I'm back to PTR with Nascheck <laughs> again. Oh, he's our, <laughs> I love that dude, man. He's our CMC at five. I, Nash, I'm actually really, it's, uh, Nascheck is how we all. He's like my career counselor. He, that guy got, he, you know, he, we, we were bored together. All hey, three of us. Nascheck was an awesome, awesome guy. And uh, he was one of those guys that, you know, him and that there's very few instructors that really inspired me. He was one and uh, Eshelman was the other. 
And that's what you wanted to be. You wanted to be the people that inspired the young men that were there. You didn't want you to be the asshole and yell at everybody. You just wanted to be the guy inspired. So it's a and, good, uh, it's a good it, there's a good you gotta have those chilling guys. of both yeah. worlds need to be existing yeah. there. Yep, hundred percent agree. And uh and now I still Nashik still talks to me as soon as well, he it was it was uh, getting a comedy was it was good because he uh I he bought five uh, of Uncommon Grit and he uh he wrote me back saying, dude, this you did a good job with this. This good to hear that. Yeah, he's got a kick ass life too, man. He's a good dude. I, yeah. Um You can't get anything by him. He he's <laughs> you can't bamboozle him. <laughs> he's you know, give me that look. I'm like, hey, Mass Chief, you know, I'm, I got to try something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, yeah, but uh, that's, um, you know, that, that that was Bud's, you know, and I'm blown a lot over what we did there. But, uh, I mean, what what inspired me was the fact that I was the guy that everyone picked not to make it, and I'm still there. <laughs> you know, you know, in Hell Week, you know, just Jack was, the everyone most. just quitting left and right. At one time, um, I was the last guy in my room. I was last guy in my room, uh, fourth week, going right into that whole week, going into hell week. Last last. So time were you in my fifth room. week hell week? Yeah, I was too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Run week before. <laughs> yeah, we, run week before hell week. I remember that. Yeah, retarded. You know that was unbelievable. Uh, I was last guy in my room, and it was just it was weird because you're by yourself, you know, and you're like. You're self-loathing, you know, staring into the abyss, you know, like, uh, you know, but, um, but hey, that's, that's all right. But, uh, people, when people ask me, you know, what, what's kind of the things that, that, that got me through. And I was like, God, I gotta be honest with you, man. Um, I really, really like the pizza Fridays. I that's really, the cafeteria? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In cafeteria pizza, the squares. So yeah, good. the squares. So and they, good, man. Yeah, the North Shore. The first time, like, who the hell puts pineapple and ham on a pizza? That's for my first time. I'm from Indiana, for God's sake. I, I thought that was a mistake before. too when I saw that. Yeah. I didn't know that was uh, what that was. Oh, yeah, I tell you who puts that on there. Fucking geniuses, because it was delicious. You know, and uh, you carry your, your class. You ran them all back with your little styrofoam thing, and then that's what you munched on all weekend. Because I didn't leave my damn bed. I just sat there and I put the put the pizza there, and because I was on the top rack and. My Gatorade bottle, and I'll just roll over, grab some pizza, drink, and then I finish the Gatorade. I just pissed in it and like went back, you know. And that's pretty much my weekends. And there was guys going to Island Pasta on the weekends and things like that. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? I can't even move. Yeah. So how old were you when you went through? 26. Uh, uh, okay, Some 17, 18 year old kids, they bump out of Hell Week like it's no big deal. Ugh. Yeah. Well, my fat little body. And I'm then there's like, the guys that are just hurting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, Waiting. thank you. You can take that and shove it up your ass. When I, when I came down, at, I was there when he got secured from Hell Week. And everybody started meandering away, man. I looked down at him. He, it was, the berms were up. So we oh. you know, got to walk down, man. He's just standing there, and he looked up at me. He's like, oh, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. That's all he said. I was like, all right, let's get, come on. We'll get you to, we'll get you to the room. Man. damn hand was swollen up. It looked like the... What's that little hand, hamburger, the hamburger helper guy? Oh, his <laughs> the Michelin guy? The no, elephant man? The uh, damn hamburger helper glove. Oh, yeah, the hamburger. It was a hamburger? Uh, hamburger no, it was like, that's McDonald's. You worked there, didn't uh, you? Shit, yeah, the quarter pounder guy. That guy. <laughs> What's his name? The, the, yeah, the, the, the sheriff. I mean, everybody the was in bad, everybody's in bad shape. I think I was just feeling sorry for myself because my brother was there. Was like, um, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, man, I'm hobbling, chafing, and the hallucinations pissing in your bed when you got done. The hydrophobia, the guys that had that, with the 
I remember walking out of my room once because when it happens on lockdown, you sneak out. Just you don't mean to do it. You just kind of walk outside, and and there was a guy. One of my classmates who was standing over. You could hear the water. The zone was just popping, man. And every time the wave would hit, he. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, standing there frozen in the bud shuffle uh, position, mm-hmm. and then every time that wave would crash, he'd, he'd, he'd do that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, oh, yeah. After, <laughs> yeah, it starts to freak you out after a while, man. I, I totally empathize with that. It's like, you get done with Hell Week, don't so you start hearing the waves. You're like, Ooh. I was the first one in my class that had to get wet after Hell Week. Oh, We were in classrooms, and I did, you What know, did you do? <laughs> I, uh, right here. Oh, just this, <laughs> whatever. I, you know, I know exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, the guy was like, oh, over boys now. Same thing. I was like, that's not what I meant. He's like, well, why don't you think about it a little bit in the surf zone? Oh. And I mean, I was like, <laughs> Matt Axelson. I started crying too. Grown man yeah, crying. Matt Axelson, God rest his soul, was my swim buddy. And he was like, I hate you. <laughs> ty- yeah, I'm ty- so sorry, Matt. Hey. There is that. Uh, oh, God. I was so excited. Snot bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the hammer, the R class hammer that did, did it to me, which oh, ended up man. being a really good buddy of mine. But uh, he's like, oh, we're boys now. I never forget him saying, looking at me, asking him for a chew. I was, oh. like, I was like, hey, Bert, give me a chew. That's how I said it. Oh. Oh, yeah. You just oh. straight up to him. That's oh, good. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, Bert, give me a chew. And he's like, turned around and looked at me. His because he was putting one in his mouth, right? <laughs> Weird classroom hydro, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it was the week before hydro. Man, he looked at me, bro, and just said, mm, "God, man, it changed my life." Oh, I tell you, man, Eric Burke, right? love you, brother. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't know about you guys, but I thought there was a couple things that were harder than Hell Week, and and number one was damn hydro week. Hydro week's a lot harder than Hell Week. Yeah, and how do you know? I did all your hydro charts for you. <laughs> That's a great point. And you didn't do mine. Did you have the good time? But I had ship? to do them first. I went out to see him. Oh. And while this he slept, I had the window down doing the we hydro chart. We didn't sleep chart. at all during the hydro. Once that shit started, it no, started. No, I'm saying. He was no, sleeping, no, no, no. Oh. and I was doing his hydro chart. And My legs sitting, were broke. Oh. <laughs> and, and sitting balls before watch for him. Oh, jeez. And guess what he didn't do when it was my turn? Mm. Didn't write down to nine, nine, eight. <laughs> Eight, nine, seven, six. Man. People can't appreciate how miserable oh, that is. That they don't was know what we're miserable. Dude, about. I had the window out with the lamp, and I mean, I was doing my level bit. And I, what I thought, it looked like it was on the lines. You know, my eye was funny back then. Mm-hmm. They should have gave me a little slack for it, but they didn't. Did it get to the point where you saw? <laughs> well, now it's the. Uh, it was the. It's, it was the third phase classroom. Did you guys get to the point where your all class is just in that classroom like all day writing those fucking charts and redoing the ones from the night before? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, the, not, we had to do them. In, we couldn't do them during the day when I went through. We had to do them yeah, at after night after the day. Work. Yeah, after you got done doing. Yeah, you did all your shit during the day. You're, you're, I mean, yeah. sun coming up, you still got it. And you have to be Surf there for so, that stupid Dude. shit. And then you got to do lead lines. You actually have to do the hydro. Yeah. And then, then you get hydro redundancies because you keep backing them up because your charts weren't done. Correct. You got to catch. That's right. It, it just, it, it, by the time Tuesday came around, like Wednesday, we we're just like, dude, we, we're not even, don't, don't even go back to your room. No point. I mean, that is the worst kick in the nuts you could. Yeah. And, and, and we weren't doing nothing. Yeah. We're sitting there writing Stood charts. Out. And that's the secret to Hell Week. I tell people that's the because. The secret to hell we you think that you can never quit. You're never going to quit. You're going to keep moving forward. You have the tools to move forward because the um, 
and and that's what you needed because now it's like oh i can do anything because you come i can do anything now oh how about how about a hydro chart week mm, let's see how that is let's test you your know. brain a little bit yeah and then oh and then of course dregger week that was oh dregger hell week sucks dregger hell week I hadn't heard that in a while, and I had blocked that out of my mind until you just oh, said that. I'm glad I brought it back. There you I go. appreciate that. I had <laughs> and the buddy passes with the with yeah jock, when the guys are jacked up. Oh my god! Because you had to you had with to the rock your, stars. Yeah, you had to do you had to, your your classes. You had to your PT evolution. Then you had your uh, pre dive check, drive out there in the bus. You know, do your dive, come back, post dive, pre dive, do a class, try to eat, and then do the shit all over again for the night dive. But your instructors are trying to kill you. Yeah, they oh they legitimately were trying to kill us. I hundred percent believe that. Um, yeah, and that just went on and on and on. And so that's what Hell Week did. It prepared you to you're going to do a lot harder shit. This is just to make sure that you're and not even enjoying the moment when no one's messing with you while you're doing the hydro chart. You're no. by yourself, you, but you you can't think like that. You're like, all right, it's peace and quiet. I can sit here and draw some lines. It's going to be good. Mm -mm. They have gotten in there to where you 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 were, you were punishing yourself even when you're out there by yourself. Yeah, the instructors come in. These charts are crap. Look at these eights. You're looking at them going. <laughs> I literally... It's all eights. It's all brooded. It's full. It's all eights. I literally drew 109 eights because... And how could they not be... Look at those eights. Which one? Look at those eights. Oh, nobody's going to laugh at this, but that is so fucking funny. Except team guys. like... Yeah, yeah. The people watching, then you're like, oh, you're right. They're, they must be yeah. completely jacked no, up. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Please, I'm so sorry. But obviously, somebody else not in this world, if they looked that would know exactly what I was trying to say. But I get you, my the lady who asked about the, eight, the, the, the apex guy or the alphas. You have to go through the eights first. Yeah, the eights. You, once you understand you know, your eights, I'm just. I haven't heard now. that since. <laughs> I'm telling Good you, man. Pool on the eights. Oh, jeez. So after you, you went straight to the East Coast, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, with you know, Mark and I were talking about yesterday. We did the uh, Fort Benning route uh, for jump school, and then um, then 18 Delta, and then made it out to Seal. Did you go long too. course or short course? Short course, but it seemed like it was a really long time. Yeah, Mark said the same thing. He's like, yeah, it's. I mean, you got you got to bend. People, God, the guys nowadays just don't appreciate. The path that we had to go to, you know, to get to where we needed to get to actually start getting your bird. I mean, graduating buds was just a ticket to show up to the SEAL teams if you can fucking get there. Yeah. You know, so oh, by the way, you graduate. Congratulations. Here's your here's your uh, certificate of graduation. You graduated buds. Awesome. Um, that's your ticket to show up at the SEAL team. But you got to go to Fort Benning first. And God rest your soul. You have to go to 18 Delta. And you're like, but that that was the key about that is is that was the journey. I mean, there was guys that had been there for 12 weeks at Fort Benning because they broke their damn ankles. So you had to graduate that school, and no one was there to, to help you. No one was there to guide you. Zero. It's like, all right, you're just going to sit there and wait till your shit heals in Fort Benning of all places. You know? I got rolled out. I, I got, didn't think about that, man. I what got rolled out of Benning the second week, Friday. I had to start completely over because I helped a chick on a run. I literally pushed her up a hill. Heart attack? And, hill. The, and, and the black hat um, kicked me out for assisting another student on a run. 
they were out to fail all of us. They didn't want a single guy, and we had no no mentor, like no one guiding us, like nothing. It's like shit. We got to graduate this fucking school. No one's no one's here to not protect us or overwatch us, but like give us some guidance. Mentorship <laughs> would be help, you know. But you know, and you had guys that have been there a long time, and even when I got to Fort uh, Bragg. We were like the second class to go through, and there was guys that got rolled from um, San Antonio that were there, and they've been there for like months. These guys were from class like 202, 203. So is that why they started putting a seal over there? Yeah. On assignment? I'm, I'm guessing, Has to yeah. be, right? Because our guys are just hanging out there yeah. and doing nothing. Just doing nothing. You know, and now, now you got to graduate another Army school, which, of course, they hated us. Uh, and you don't have anything. You have no insurances at all that you're actually going to get to the SEAL team. And that was the crazy thing because you had to graduate. You had to graduate for Ben. You had to graduate 18 Delta if you were there, period. And if you didn't, well, you're just going to be there until you do. That's what they told me. They were like, you don't have to try it in the Navy. You, they, I, we got news for you, man. This ain't Navy over here. They must not really like you because they sent you as far away from the team as they possibly get you. Yeah, you know, I'm like, we, wait, yeah. I thought I was supposed to be here. This ain't right. Yeah. Like, Come on in. Because it's a selection course for them, which means mm -hmm. it had to be for us. Yep. Mm -hmm. Part of their Q course. I'm like, damn. See, it's, it, we're going through another selection. It's like getting, yeah. come, you go over to the Army, mm -hmm. and you have to go through their Q course. Mm -hmm. Same thing you got. Every every day is the same with them. And, and, and you got to look at like, no, no, I, I'm supposed to be a medic. You know, like <laughs> they need a medic in a team. So I, like, I'm, I think I'm supposed to be here. And they're like, nope. <laughs> Dude, I mean... Yeah, you're like, but I graduated, but you're like, we, guess what? We don't give they two care, fucks. <laughs> Zero fucks given. Oh, wait a minute. Here's uh, here's my, oh, fuck you. We don't Dude, care. I, <laughs> I, had, I had my one Brody moment. I walked in the first day and my sideburns were creeped down. Ooh. Short, though. I kept it real uh -huh. short. You know, you're kind of like a shadow kind of looking thing. Mm -hmm. And a Team 2 guy came up on me, man. Remember, his hand had been fragged from a grenade, so he had this whole couple of his fingers didn't work. And he was in my face. Just like Bud's. I mean, he's like, you knew me, piece of shit. No bird, no word. And he's, he's like, side birth. I mean, and from that moment forward, I mean, it was on. He found out what room I was in. And then, God, dog. Great stories, though. I had yeah. to duck walk and bear crawl in that, in, that, in, in that facility. Anytime I was in the building, I had to, to bear crawl. And if we were in the cadaver labs, I had to duck walk. Oh, jeez. And he made me do that for three weeks. Well, no, that no, 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 not three classes, man. I mean, like I, the minute I'd go in there, my, everybody, and in the beginning, none of those Green Berets knew, no, no one knew who I was. So they just, now I didn't have any friends, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you're by yourself there. I mean, <laughs> damn. damn. And I mean, but you know, you take it, you take your punishment, yeah. and it's over like that, right? <laughs> and, and then you get that respect level. I didn't mess up too much. Well, that's not true. I mess up all the time. But I, well, there's about 20 of us, but I mean, you, oh, damn. That, that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's even worse. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. And then you finally get to the SEAL teams, and all the guys that you're a buds with that actually got to go straight there after Benning all had their birds have, yeah. and a platoon. Yeah, and probably. A, then you're 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 calling you meat, meat when you show up. I'm like, <laughs> we dragged you through the fucking runs, you piece that of shit. To me too, man. You know. Crazy. And so we, then you had to wait for your STT class. Remember that? I mean, if you missed it, you're you're sitting there for like three, four months in training. It ain't like the trade it. I mean, you're in the each team had its own training. Remember that? <laughs> And uh, you had to sit there, and now, now that was at SEAL Team Two. That was brutal. That, I was. I heard one. Yeah, brutal. Heard, oh, like heard, the uh, worst, especially there. Worst. Yeah, it, god awful. God awful. Um, you, yeah, it's. They look forward to it, right? Yeah. The, the guys coming in that missed this class update. Oh, look at these new meets coming in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. boy. Oh, and first thing is like, okay, your demo driver is going to Fort Chaffee, and we're like, Fort Chaffee. You know, so uh, and then and Rudy's you, like, get a haircut and check the watch bill, right? Yeah, check the watch bill. Start and then and then legacy for the first SEAL team ever. You got they hold, boy. they still hold that. Go to Blackwater, and then you're sitting there, you jamming everybody's mags. You know, you know, getting extra tension if Go you know what I mean. Supply. Oh, I mean, it was. Br- <laughs> anyway, uh, not fun. So when SCT started, you're like, oh, well, thank God. You felt like you're, you're out of prison. You're like, oh, I made it. I'm out of the yard now. Yeah. Okay, yay. We're so excited about STT. And then uh, then you graduated SCT, which was like, what, five months later, four months later? Something like six. That. Five, six I months. thought it was six. six. Like, full, was it like six? workup deployments. Like Some of the teams made you do a deployment after it. You had to do, your, you had to do that, and they would pin you on deployment. Oh, we, we tiny, a, tiny almost cool. got, yeah, Tiny was uh, one of those ones. But, um yeah, and then you got, then you got picked for your platoon, and I felt bad for the guys that didn't get picked for platoons after STT. We had about five that didn't. So. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. You got picked. It's like a draft. Yeah, a draft. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And, and and it should be your first deployment when you get back is when you get your bird. That you would did. be cool. I I agree with that. I hundred percent agree. You know what I mean? You know, we we had the our Trident Review Board was in November, almost two years after uh, since I graduated. Two years. You know, then here you're trying to review board, and it's like, you know, you you do all these things, but you got you got done the trying review board, and you're like, you know, of course you just like twenty chiefs in there, and all I'm asking is like all of these questions, and it's like you're you're ready for it. You know, we had to plot something on a chart, you had to say everything about the dragger, you had to take down, break apart the sixty, you know, how many rounds this, you know, you guys remember doing it's all fun stuff, and then uh, then you then you then we got it, yeah, just then you got it, then you got it pinned on on a monster mash. Right, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ow. Some of the questions were brilliant, too. <laughs> what are the Chiefs talking about? He's like, man, if you caught Chief so-and-so on, out on the boardwalk, pair of rollerblades, pink tutu, wig on, the bong, what would you do? And, sat, <laughs> and he, he sat there for a second and slammed back. He's like, well, if that's how he wants to drink beer, I don't have any problem with that. 
and just completely switch it around on him, dude. Because he's like, he had a bong out there, right? <laughs> and they laughed and they were like, get out of here, man. No, You're good, geez. dude. You're solid. <laughs> that was a journey, man. Where how did we start? Yeah, that, that was the Bud's journey. What was your hardest phase? Um, God, I think they all equally sucked. E each one of them had its own uh, manifestation of, of suck. Um, God, I... Because I'm a water guy, too. And I thought second phase was the hardest thing. We yeah, I, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, I, I, I had an equally hard time through all three phases, to be honest with you. The, the, each one had its own suck. But, yeah, second phase was... Um, it was the hardest for me. Like, th for some reason, third phase was easy. I, I don't know why. See, I, we had a blast because they let you out in the mountains. You know, yeah. You're kind of, it's, you feel like a little bit of a big boy. You get your mm -hmm. ass kicked every day and every yeah. night. But, I mean, it's still, you play, they get put a gun in your hand. Mm -hmm. you, you know. I thought Laguna was fun. Did you guys like Laguna, like Land Nav? So, I didn't. I had La Posta. Oh, okay. Which is still very good. It wasn't as hard as yours? No, saying? I don't know. I, I, I didn't go to the post. I mean, but Laguna was fun, though. I mean, it was like, it was, you know, you're out there with Dave Gutierrez. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you had a gut. So uh, um, it, it was a good time. Um, but uh, I enjoyed that. It, you're right. It was like you had freedom. Then you went out to the island. and and uh, it, Well, that's it, a different story altogether. I don't know. You know. Yeah, the island. Um, I, I, didn't mind, I didn't mind third phase. Of, of all the phases, um, I thought third phase was the easiest. To be honest with you, out of all the hard, they're all hard. They're not, I mean, they all equally suck and all hard. But as far as a hard factor, third phase was the easier hard than the other two. It's kind of <laughs> like you're getting your, you're used to getting your ass kicked. Yeah. It's like you've transitioned over, so it's not, it's the same stuff. That never lits up, man. Mm -hmm. But then they get the technical stuff. When you work in the 60, the funniest thing is when, when that, the, the spring would fire out the, oh, yeah. the door. You know, there's someone to take it off the shotgun mm -hmm. and, and, Seeing that under, it's been a long time since I've seen uh, like a third phase student go through that whole. I bet it's pretty impressive to watch, right? Because Casey could blindfold himself, take that sixty apart, and put it back together. I mean, he would roll those pins together with two fingers and literally roll that firing pin down and pull it back, and that sucker was locked in. He, yeah, blindfolded, uh, way under the time, mm. and because that's all we do is just sit in there and do that. And it was some of them guys are amazing what they can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, we kind of all are when we graduate. Yeah, we we do some weird shit, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know what yeah, else is funny? We got some weird stuff going on. It's pretty funny. He, he, the one thing that I cannot, we'll, we'll always sing back the third phase is Alanis Morissette Jag Little Pill CD. For some reason, you weren't so. Uh, I know you boys looking at me now like, what the fuck did you just say? I'm I was listening to her the other day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened, but you know we got there. You're not allowed to bring anything, but someone somehow managed to smuggle in a small case of CDs. And not only if you're going to bring a case of CDs out there, at least have some goddamn CDs out there. So this is what this case of CDs had in it. It had no doubt uh, Neil Diamond and Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill." So we need. we listened to Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill" album every night where we were cleaning weapons. Every oh. God damn night. So whenever, whenever the last more set song comes on, my mind goes all about to clean the guns out there in the island every time. It was. It, it got to the point where we started just singing it. Right the, me and I me have and a lot of her music on my playlist. I, now I'll think about that every time you say that because that's true. You know, those, those, those songs get locked in. <laughs> yeah, like that. they're locked in. I just I remember we did the the rucks the ruck swim. Me and Rob uh, did it too. And we Rob and Neil. So we all swim buddies. Yeah, 
on the island and we're dragging our ruck and we just had a hard time making it through because we had to do it all that little cove over there and come over and the waves were just coming and we're like really i mean we're getting our asses handed to us you know and then we just start started saying well isn't this ironic you know <laughs> so don't you think no <laughs> but um yeah i don't know how i went on that tangent because we said island that's probably why because then lennis morissette came to yeah, my head yeah. so w- after we yeah a long kick-ass career in the seal how the hell do you go from being a gun-toting frogman to a Photographer with no experience, self-taught, right? Self-taught, yep. Because, I mean, extremely successful now in this. Yeah, it was weird. Um, it, it's the journey to that, that actually got to where I am as a photographer um, kind of really started at Freefall uh, when I was a Freefall instructor. So Were you at Yuma? I was at Yuma. I was a Yuma guy. Oh God, I was too. Uh, I was <laughs> a Yuma guy. Um, and now that I got, here's what's even sad, is I got Freefall called on my fourth platoon. So that's how I mean, we had that's guys. That's the way it used to be. Because yeah, if you, if yeah. that was like the good deal school for the, all the older guys. Yeah. So yeah, I finally got, I was finally made LPO of the platoon, and I'm like, oh, I guess I get free fall now. Am I in line? Can I actually go? Because I was always at the bottom, like in your platoons. Remember, you just you had to work yeah. your way up. So I finally made LPO, so I went, and then of course all my new guys came in, all had free fall called. and all the boat guys had free fall and, called, and I'm like, and admin people. Yeah, and I'm like, um, c- can I go now? Anyway, so uh, a long story short with that is uh, we get done with that platoon, and then um, the next platoon, like, okay, you need leadership quals because I'm a chief, and you gotta, you need leadership quals. You got to go and get it, and all I had was a corpsman shit. You know, I didn't really have anything else. I had, like, dragger repair. I don't know if you guys oh, had that school. one. Yeah, that was well, cool. STV guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Crazy guys. 3M and load planner. <laughs> yeah, load planner, demo driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, demo driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crane operator. Crane operator, yeah. We had all the, all the load planner. Yep, that one. Um, and then uh, dive maintenance, <laughs> uh, yeah, dive yeah. soup, you know, and all the real <laughs> the real classy ones. And then... Um, all the warfighting schools. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they're like, hey, you need you need leadership quals, and it's like uh, you need to go to uh, Freefall JM. So the one that we all dreaded because everyone failed out of that, so we didn't have very many. That one's static fall. line, right? The two hardest. Yeah. No one likes the jump master. I did those back to back. It's like I went to static line jump master. Literally a week later, I was out the Yuma doing freefall jump master. Somebody didn't like you. No, I, I, it was like this rush to get these professional quals in, and then I graduated military freefall jump master school. And then that's what kind of put my that that's the distinct moment that my career went this way. Just the fact that that because uh, when you graduate freefall JM, uh, Yuma is a joint school, and there's not a lot of team guys out there as freefall instructors. And so it came boiled down to, okay, you graduated. Um, yeah, we got you slotted for a platoon chief spot, but you need to go be a freefall instructor. So what, what year was that? That was two thousand and and uh, two thousand six. <laughs> You showed up in six? Yeah. I just missed you. Yep, you showed up. Just, just just missed you. Just showed up for advanced military freefall. But uh um so that was kinda like my path and you know, I didn't mind it. Is you needed a break. So I was like, all right, and plus I enjoy jumping and naturally, uh I mean unnaturally, I was naturally good at freefall, which was weird because I literally struggled through everything. I was never like you, you remember those guys that were just good at everything, you know? They, they even look good in their gear, you know? It's like they got it, and I was, yeah, I was, not, man, those guys, even dude, dude, freaking gear. hated those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, even your gear looks good on you. I hate you, you know? And we just struggle. I was that guy, but for some reason, when I got in the air, I was a natural at it. It was like even the instructors, were like, 
you've skydived before. I'm like, no, I haven't. I That's went to school. That's totally like, opposite of Marcus. He's skydived. <laughs> not this guy. I was that you guy. You can tell man. I didn't belong in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it fit me. It fit my weird structure. I don't know. I could fly. Um, and when you went through military, um, advanced military freefall, you got about, it was well over 200 jumps in that, in that one uh, three-month stint. Uh, and you had test gates to go through, and I, I was one of the only ones that did the test gates past every one. I was like two other guys had did it since the inception of that school, and I was one of them. And one of the hardest tests was was a five-second uh, five drill. So you tap, the instructor out, he goes, you go 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, then you jump out and get him. You, gotta, you had to get down and dock on him in 30 seconds. So you basically after that, after you jump, you got 25 seconds to get down and dock on his arm. And you had, you had 60 jumps to do it. You had to do it four times in a row. So you got 60 jumps to pass it. Think about that. They, how, many, how many team guys have little 60 jumps in their entire career? You got it in like this one test. But I did it in the first four, boom, boom, boom. But what sucked about that, because I passed all it, then I, had, then I pulled DZSO for the next week because everyone else was passing it, and I was just like down there. So it was kind of a double-edged sword. But uh, always is naturally I was good at I don't, it just it was one thing that I was actually really good at and then uh, being a in, uh, free fall instructor for yet to be on the floor for a year made through that then did all the uh, the USPA stuff became you know basically every call in the book except for like tandem bundle um, and then uh, I really really enjoyed the ramp opening up in the morning like 515 that first lifts up there you guys remember that 515 you know Navy SEAL Navy SEAL shit I always thought it was really cool I like the jump master standing there, the sun like barely cresting over the mountains. It was like yellows, blues. There is him. some stuff that we get to do and see that no one else does. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, no one else can see it. Mm -mm. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's one thing, it's, it's what we talked about yesterday. It's like there's shit that we, see, that you like, what you're talking about, were you guys hanging off the back of a submarine? Yeah. I mean that to me. That is kind like, of thing. When the sun's coming up, when you're underwater and you can see it, it's like coming over a globe that you can't yeah. you can't pierce, and then jumping out when with the ramp coming down, the sun coming up, sitting out in the mountains sometimes in certain places. Yeah, you just randomly took a camera up one day. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna photo this. I wanted that was my thought, and I thought I want to photograph this. This is really cool. And then that's what started the journey because I didn't know anything about photography except for those little disposable ones that we used to take around yeah. with us. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I decided I wanted to learn and. Uh, I got into the video debt because of the skill that I had, because now I have to video for the students and everything, which I loved because it's easier. Cause then I got six jumps a day and download video and then go home, which was fantastic. So, um, how many I, jumps do you have total? A little over 6,000. Okay. So I ran across a kid the other day. He said he had 9,000 and he was way younger than us. Um, I got two words for that bullshit. That's what unless, I said. Unless he, but was, uh, <laughs> unless he was jumping on the weekend and jumping before he came in probably. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about a team guy. I'm talking about some kid I ran long. into at, oh. a, at a thing that was doing the Crenshaw. Oh, my God. So you, you got you to think of a 1,000 jumps. So if you hit 9,000 jumps, I mean, If that's, that's not your job, that's yeah. a really high mark. That is huge. Especially for the age, right? But I mean, yeah. I guess some of them kids can, if they rotate in and out. I mean, he has parachute on in the hotel. Well, it's, you know, when people... He's the one that jumps for Crenshaw in this commercial. Or with Crenshaw. I, you know, I, I find that hard to believe because if you're, unless that's your job, if that's his job, then that, that, that. Yeah, because these extreme, extreme kids, man, they. It could jump, be. I mean, besides base jump. I'm I mean, popping on everything. If you did, if you, at 365 days a year, even if you did, 
I don't. It's like if you jumped every day. I mean, we. I was a free fall instructor, and I got literally more jumps than everybody else because I was a video guy. I mean, your most instructors will get maybe four a day when they have their students, and then they'll break it down, and then they'll do grouping, and then they're one. It's like your basic instructor may get, you know, sometimes just two two a day, you know. And I was doing six to eight a day. That's like two grand a year. Yeah, every I was day there. for four days. I mean, if you're doing, if you're really doing hard jumping. Yeah. I, I was there for three years. Three yeah, I years. Was 20, shit. I was like, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I find that hard. You He's be, young, too. I find that hard. The, the, the amount of anyway. time and money. Anyway, hey, we'll, we'll. Sorry. <laughs> rabbit hole. That's okay. Yeah, yeah rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Squirrel. Um, I find that hard to believe. Anyway, so I decided to start learning. So I go to Barnes & Noble, and I find photography section. And I did that in sniper school. <laughs> photography section. So I send my girls out over to the... Barnes and Noble in the kids section. I'm sitting there and I'm literally with my SEAL Team 2 dive book, dive log in the back. And I'm like writing a camera, white balance. You know, I'm literally writing this shit down because then I went home and then I got on and then started doing Google, Googling the shit. And, uh, and that's how I learned. So I had all these notebooks. Okay. This is the, di then you start figuring out, it's like once you're learning it, it's like everything went to, well, in a digital darkroom process, I'm like, that was digital darkroom. Digital darkroom. So now you realize, now that you do digital photography, you got to freaking edit the shit. So now you, and that's Photoshop. That's where the real hard crap comes from is like the digital editing. That's where it's like a whole different level of, damn, this is going to be retarded. And so, um, so that's how I learned. Googling it, taking notes, uh, bought some <clears throat> easy how-to, understanding digital photography, uh, understanding the digital photography work, workflow, uh, where your images uh, from eBay, like two ninety nine, put them in, take notes. I had all these notebooks, you know. Then I bought another, I got another modern eBay. I started selling comic books and things like that. And then I had another monitor, so I was like really learning, but I couldn't afford a camera. I mean, it was like, you know, at that point in my life, you know, I was uh, unhappily married with two kids. It means I was broke. Like, the, like it was just didn't have any money. So finally, I understood it. It just took me about six months to, from. Inception wanting to take this photo to actually getting a camera. It was one camera, one lens, one CF card. And I uh, got it on the top of the helmet, drilled it in, created everything, brought it in, had to get it cleared through. Sergeant Major, hey, Sarge, this is what I got because it's the Army. You know, Sergeant Major's looking at it and he's like, how are you going to video? And, you know, he's trying to break it down. I'm like, well, it's like this. This is how it's going to work. And, uh, and that's how I started shooting and uh, brought everything home. But the good thing about it is I already knew the, the digital darkroom. So... What makes my photography so unique is I learned backwards. I learned what the end state needed to be because digital photography is all numbers. Okay, it's not uh, what you see like these photos. It, it's it's numbers, and you got to understand the midtones. You got to understand the the, the darks. You got to understand the lights. You got to understand like the the two fifty five zero to two fifty five. You have to understand it's all channels and numbers, and you have to understand that. And that's where the resolutions come from. That's where the PPIs come from. That's how you really create photos. And once you understand that, it's like, okay, this is easy. So when I started looking at things, I knew the exposure values of everything. So when I'm looking in the airplane, like this photo right here that's up, is you look in, that's dark, okay? So you need a wide aperture for that. But I don't want a wide aperture for that. I want a closed aperture for that. So, and then once you get out, you got the yellows, and then you're going to turn to the sky, and then you're going to go down. And now, now it's a little bit darker, you know, and that was browns. And so you're going through like nine exposure values in one jump. And so numerically I understood that. So that's how I set my settings up in the camera because that's, I knew the end state. 
And uh, <laughs> it's because you can take the cameras are so high speed now. Even I would grab that thing and know how to work it to what I was just taught through pick, right? So yeah. I can turn that something going on and get it. But that's just like grabbing a particular rifle for a particular mission. Mm-hmm. You still have to be able to apply that thing. Yes. Not only that, and and not just the rifle, but every, everything we use. Mm-hmm. So it, in itself, it has its own guidelines and parameters, and then whoever's operating can make it dance and sing in, mm-hmm. in multiple yep. different directions. Okay, I got it. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. And uh, that's... Um, that's I, would, I would think if you're up in the plane coming out, and then when the ramp drop, you'll you actually have to understand. That looks like a trust fall, <laughs> right? He's <laughs> standing on the ground. Trust fall. Can everybody see that guy's face? <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. The guy in the back is the one that his his expression is going to change immediately. Yeah, it's because uh... he's not. Just not there yet. It's like Andrew, yeah. he can like almost <laughs> see what's down beneath him. Like grouping, <laughs> but the but because um, not to say oh look how cool I was, but I I was such a skilled flyer that I could pull stuff off like this. Nobody else could. I mean, it's like I'm literally as soon as he goes, I'm literally holding on to his arm, you know. And as soon as we go, I let go, and then I'll just get that shot and start to turn my head a little bit, get the horizon to change a little bit. You know, and go up, but that is uh, a great. Oh shit! Yeah, I got all sorts of. <laughs> is that his first one? <laughs> uh, no, that's actually grouping. So he already made it through like the first four, six jumps, but uh, but that's how. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I, I gave him some other ones in there. You can look. Uh, I, I just wanted you guys to see where where I started. Go back up. You know, one more. That should be a poster. God, that's uh, that was actually. Look at those goosebumps. Yeah, and it's raining. <laughs> and it was raining at the CTT for that one. That, that says it all right there. That looks like space in the background with yeah, stars. Space. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. It's like its own planet. It's its own world where that just that happens to the guys. And What I like about that one is just like, so these guys failed not time. I was like, that's that's the wall of shame, right? Yeah, they're sitting there. Because you got one more chance. And these guys had failed it before. So this was like their last <laughs> chance on not tying, which I really, yeah, 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 what's funny about buds is, as we circle back to that, is we just don't know what people will be easy and what will be hard for, for guys. Yeah, I couldn't tread water. So be- before we jump off, what, what made you decide to do a book? The book came. I never really thought about doing a book. Uh, originally, when I was at, when I got into, like I said, I was, so that started my path to freefall, and I thought about doing a book, you know, for the freefall school. I thought that would be kind of neat, but uh, that never happened. Um, it just, you know, you, like we talked about, you just keep moving forward, and just good ideas that you have, just like poof, they go away. It's like I'll get that later. Next thing you know, it's nine years later, and you're like, oh man, I thought I was gonna do that, you know. Anyway. Uh, I never thought about doing the book. The book came by accident. The book can actually, Uncommon Grit came as a request through Instagram where social media actually works. Um, going back to it, it, it was like just the journey to get the photos of Buds was um, a, a, another big, really uh, right place, right time 
uh, right. Were they looking for something like this? Because I, yeah. I would have to think that anybody yeah. that would come in and say, I mean, you, of course you had a, you kind of had an access pass because of your background, but I would think like, no, you're not. No, we don't. We don't roll like that. Oh, it was, uh, you know, <clears throat> how I got there was was interesting because it's a there's a lot of things happen. It didn't just like go make me. Oh, you're a seal. You're a photographer. Here, take pictures. I mean, it wasn't like you say. It wasn't that easy. It was like a lot of uh, people in the right place at the right time. That really was like a convergence, like kind of like a sci-fi movie, like a convergence, and it all happened. And uh, the the first thing that happened is I had I had a pacemaker put in. Uh, I was here. I am at 44 years old at SEAL Team Three <laughs> in land warfare, and I had literally four guys, four new guys in my platoon that were born when I was going through butts. So that's so. Think about that for a second. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm like, oh boy, but you know, we're, I'm, we're going through land warfare. I'm running, and like, you know, you got your nods on, and and then everything just started to like get darker and darker. And I'm like, and I felt like euphoric, like I was high. And I'm just like, I need to sit down. You know, I just I just sit down and hey, chief, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm tired. You know, it's sort of. I'm just gonna break. Yeah, right I'm here. just gonna sit here. Sit you on know? this rock here. So you had a heart attack, or yeah, yeah, I was. It was. It was getting that point. Um, I started. My heart was doing what's called a galloping beat. It would like beep, like bump, 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 bump. Then it would stop. Bump, and so, uh, and I was getting basically no blood to my head and passing out. So, got life flighted to Balboa, and I'm in in the in the. Uh, uh, in the uh, in the ICU, with everything, like, everything is like at wires, and they keep kicking me to wake me up. It's like, hey, chief, you awake? I'm like, yeah. It's like your heartbeat was at 26 beats per minute. It's because like, I'm in shape. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> uh, it's 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 athletic heart. You know, I'm I'm good. And they're like, no, that's bad. You know, new and standard, new standard, <laughs> woo, standard of excellence. And so next thing you know, they, I, I this is kind of funny. They pull out the the trauma shears to start cut off my pants, and I and I'm like, whoa. I just got these. I just, these are <laughs> the a big new, deal with us, man. Because yeah. same shit happened to me. I was like, whoa, 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 man. What are you, easy on the pants. Yeah, man. It's like, these are, these are the new super duper AOR threes. We only got That's two. what we always get <laughs> jacked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you have the badass pants on, like, like, oh, cut my shit off, please. No, I just got the way I just got these. I signed for this. Signing for, for this Spears gear was You're like signing a mortgage. Notes. You're, You're going to say something. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they're trying to take it off my pants. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I got all these wires and I'm trying to take off my pants and you know while your med pack is getting in the way your knife is still there and you're just, eh, 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 trying to get it off and they put it in the corner and like then I felt better and then I was then woke up with pacemaker so oh, what, with what was so what happened it was uh, it was called extreme athletic heart, but then the they was like go. That's go. sick. I, I, that's how they should call that yes, stuff. Extreme. You're athletic. so athletic, yeah, that your, your body can't handle it. Your heart got so efficient that it that it didn't need to beat, right? It just to keep down. you alive. <laughs> like, take a break. Yeah. Um, but it, it's sixth sinus syndrome. Basically, the, the node that fires uh, was basically dying. And so that's basically what it was. And Is that so, a genetic thing? Or? Fired it I up? I don't know. I think it's just all the shit that we did. That and it's out. like my heart finally said, you know what, McBee? Go fuck yourself. You, heart quit. You, you've I done enough die. for in a lifetime yeah. here. I'm just going to go ahead and take a Yeah, we're, we're going to take a breather. Part it's, of my heart quit. I didn't. So, so, so pacemaker, no transplant. Oh, just chip pacemaker in. No, um, no, uh, um, didn't have the AFib built into it. It's just regular pacemaker. So, and that kind of put me on convalescent leave. And now you're, now I'm looking at medically being retired. Right. Because oh, yeah. you can't be a team guy or anything with a pacemaker in. So, can't? No. Uh-uh. 
So now I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be medically retired. I got like a little less, like probably like 14 months left in the military at this point. And so, cause I was going to be get done with that. Well, actually my path was get done with that platoon, get done with that platoon, pick up senior, probably do two more years, you know, retire. But this accelerated that <laughs> to the point where you're just going to go straight to retirement. Makes it amazing how that happens. Huh? Weird. And so I'm on the pacemaker platoon. Yeah. The, the pacemakers. Yeah. I thought I was like, I'd be going to group medical and, and, um, you know, and just go and try So I'm on convalescent leave. So I'm sitting near my, my little robe and, you know, drinking beer and watching reruns of My Name is Earl. And I get a call from... Such a great show. I, I, yeah, we can, we can, we'll circle back to that because I got theories about that. Um, I get a call from uh, uh, Duncan Smith. You know, he's been around. He's remember, he's, mm. he's been around, you know. Every time you see him, you just want to... You just, every time you see him, you just want to do... Looks like you boys been had, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you Sorry, see Lieutenant. Yeah. You boys been, been had. You been had. And so, because uh, I did stuff, I did all the air, air stuff for Active Valor, you know, all the, the air scenes for that when I was teaching free fall. And he reapproached me. He's like, hey, it's a really funny conversation. He's like, hey, hey, McBee, um, God, I'm so sorry about you're sick and your heart and everything. But hey, if you got some time, I got this, I, I got this thing going. I'm like, wow. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Here I am. But anyway, no, it sounded no really, it sounded really cool. You know, it's like basically what it was was to they want to create a new uh, buds recruiting video, but also do my style of photography, which uh, Captain Smith knew at the time was very high contrasty, very emotional, very um, in your face photography. That like for the new buildings, yes, down there on the strand, the yep. new oh, that's just there. That yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the, the men in black buildings, you know. It, that's what it is. <laughs> I, sat in the, I sat in the cubicle right before the eye exam. <laughs> with the table with the, with the thing. Dude, yeah. The eggs. <laughs> we have those. So, uh, yeah, so I'm like, all right, that sounds... But this project was already in motion for about... Which I was shocked to hear about a year already. So he was working with uh, Captain Davids, which is now Admiral Davids now, um, that with the center, and it was a... Center and Cap Smith, is that Bam Bam you're talking about? Bam Bam Davids. Cap Smith? Uh Duncan Smith. Okay. There we go. And so this project was already in motion for a while. They're working with the because uh Captain Smith was at the scout team and they're basically re recruiting and uh things. They had they're ones that drive around the big truck that says SEAL Scout, you know. And then uh then the center where uh Captain Davids was and they're they already had this in motion and they were working with uh I think Captain Schaefer at Bud's he was a seal at Buds at the time, and they had this whole idea, and I'd already been there. And so, when I got in, uh, so I went into scout team with him, and it's like show the one guy. He had a couple cameras. Well, here's where you can, here's your where your desk can be, and it was basically nothing there, not even a computer. I'm like, what are we, what what are we doing again? And so then I found out they've been doing this project for a year, and they, all they had was video from Alaska, and that's it. So I'm like, well, what's your plan? They were all like, same plan. We want to cover. All of, of SQT, all phases, with new video, kind of like the whole pipeline through, and basically powerful images of each phase, probably like three or five of each phase and SQT that they can put around uh, Bud's building, the new buildings, like the advanced training stuff would go. And I was like, okay, because they knew about my free fall stuff. I was like, all right, well, sure, let's, let's, let's do this. And plus, when I left some time off, like a lot of people that I had just been with for the last three years were now in buds as like uh, phase chiefs, phase LCPOs. And so it was really easy. Even like, yeah, this is what we're doing. 
then we got a big chiefs meeting and you know the mass chief was with uh, uh with captain davids to all the phase chiefs and all atcs like hey, this is what we're going to do this is chief mcbee's going to be doing this i'm like okay cool and that's anyway that's that's how we got to that so it was very they this, give you kind of guidance it's like hey look whatever you do make it that's real life right there. Yeah. There's no smiles. No. There's no good times. It wasn't pretty, but that's that's the beautiful thing about going through Buds. We know how ugly and hard it was. We know how it was shivering. We know how... That's a great picture. That's, that's a that's kick-ass a picture. Awesome man. picture. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you guys a big print of that, but um, uh, that's that's how I started. So I'm like, okay. But I already, I already knew in my head what I wanted to see you know, with this, and so we're just working along and, and doing it. So is that the trick? Is that what's different? It You're is, going after what you want to... Yeah, what I wanted to... Instead of capturing it? Yeah, because there's a big difference. Um, and I had... Schonenberg is his name. He actually got some photos. Of, he did it back in class... I forget what his name. Two, two, three, four, something like that? Oh, 234. Yeah. Hollywood class? Yeah. So, you know, he went through and uh, and actually we, we dialogue quite a bit back and forth. You know... Um, and he reached out to me on Instagram, and uh, I've seen his stuff, but I, I told him that what makes ours different is, number one, I'm a SEAL, and you're not. You're taking pictures of buds. I'm photographing buds. There's a big difference. You know, and he didn't like that very much. It's like, well, you never sealed. That's why you don't see stuff like this, because you didn't get down inside the demo pits and bear crawl on the ground through the smoke with your camera, because this is what you see. As a student, I wanted this whole Uncommon Grip book to be if you were a student, you know, and you're looking left and you're looking right because I never saw anything in colorant buds. I really didn't because you always had, you always had the, um, the, the marine layer. You're always dirty. I always had snot bubbles and tears in your eyes and, you know, and nothing was pretty. Nothing was like, oh, this is neat. Everything to me was like gloomy, gray, dark, harsh, dirty, you know, and so that's how I wanted you to see yeah, I would most certainly, if, if anybody out there wants to know the truth, uh, kind of get up a relative experience, are you looking to go to Buds? Because like, when, we when we were aspiring young tadpoles, any book, any picture, anything. Couldn't get enough of it. There yeah. wasn't enough of it. Had to have it all. None of it talked to you like this. Oh, well, by the way, you want to be a frogman? Here you go. This is what you're going to see. This will happen <laughs> to you. <laughs> and uh Yeah. So two things, if you see, if you look at these pictures and you're like, man, I'm glad I'm not there, then don't go. But the, the very first photo I showed, can you go to that purple smoke one? So this is, this, oh, the good news is I know right where it is in here. Scroll back down. I should have sent it to you. I'll send it to you. That yeah, one. That's a good one. Oh, nice. That one. Oh, this one. Okay. There you go, camera. I'll send you a photo of that one. <laughs> purple smoke. Let's go. That's really that's good. You, that's you when all the civilian demons are yep. exercised from your body and you're making the transition. <laughs> and you see the smoke coming out of his mouth. Too. Yeah. That was a big thing. That's the cool part. So that was the first photo that I did. They're like, I'm going to take this rock and dig a hole straight out of here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, was, that was a cool evolution 
two right there. Um, Don't worry, boys, I got it. <laughs> and it rained a bit on this Hell Week, which I really like because I'm a big Element fan. Like if there's rain and it's there's grunge and there's dirt, that's uh, that's what I really like. So um, the purple smoke photo, we'll get to this one in a second. The purple smoke photo was one of the very first ones that I did because um, we went. They, they, two, class three twelve was starting their Hell Week. Actually, they're in their Hell Week. We got it, and I'm just looking around. And I went straight to the demo pits, and uh, and I just I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to do it. So I had my, you know, greens on and friggin' set. I'm crawling around. I got two cameras, and I'm just crawling with them because I just want that ex people to get that experience because that's how I wanted it. And this poor kid with the purple smoke, <laughs> I remember the instructor. He's a great, great guy. His uh, Nick Sanchez was his name, and he's just throwing purple smoke. He got three of them, pop, 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 and this kid got confused. I mean, he had no idea where he was, so he actually started doing little circles inside this purple smoke. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And one thing you don't know about the demo pits, it's just one big ant hive. And if you guys didn't know that, it is one big ant hive. Oh, okay. So when I'm on the ground, if you it. look down, there, yeah, there's ants everywhere. It just adds to the allure. I'm literally on the ground going, I'm covered with fucking ants. That's because you didn't smell as bad as they did. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy smells good. He has cologne and deodorant. And uh, and he finally broke through the smoke, and he, he went, <gasps> he did it because he did a big breath, and the next one is like he blew it out. And that's the first one I edited, and that was the first one that I showed to leadership. Here you go. Well, this is the concept I have of what I want to do. And it, you could have heard a pin drop. You're like, what the fuck? We've never seen anything like that. And I was like, well, that's because you put a team guy in charge of something for a change. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like I wanted you to see what I see, you know. And so that's what kind of went on on that uh, path. And uh, it was – and then it just kept going. So that just catapulted you into the life you lead now, right? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was very interesting because I'm the only SEAL to be authorized to uh, photograph it, you know, like – it was the, that leadership, you know, convergence, you know, but then, uh, like anything else, it, it, it never got completed. Uh, I went up to, a, I got flown to Alaska for a month to photograph. Uh, Let me see that thing again. That was the photo? The purple one. The that purple started one. everything. Yeah, that's the one. Can we have that one in here? I will send that to you. Absolutely. That's one started everything. I need that in triplicate size. Size. Signed. I need a fracture and a. <laughs> I have a, actually. I have actually. I have a thirty by forty-five of that. I'll send you guys. Um, that's what started everything. Is that purple smoke photo? That kind of like. It's actually, dude. That's a great one. Yeah, underneath. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do with stuff like that. Is like go. That's do, a shark view. Two pretty. Just the perspectives that nobody sees. You know, that's, like that's I right. love that photo. That looks like Joe Rogan. Yeah. You're like, did Joe Rogan go through buds? It's like no, but it kind of looks like him though. But um, but that's where it was. That's where we were with that, and I we just never completed it. And so I did a lot of second phase stuff, and then getting the schedules going back. But then leadership switched out. You know, so uh, everything I did, I, I worked with uh, the buds. PAO office, uh, everything went through their PAO, went through like three JAGs, like four PAOs, then went, then the, the, I started building a portfolio, that went over to Warcom, and then, then Warcom guys, then now I'm going over to Warcom to download photos. And so when you're working with the military, there's all sorts of weird rules that I didn't even know existed, because I've been doing photography for a long time in the military, and literally nobody gave a shit. It's like, oh, give me that photo, here you go. You know, um, so just so everybody knows out there, when you, so you got permission to start photographing from the training side, yeah, and then so Warcom 
is our is, is warfare command. Those yeah. are, that's the, they're overall in charge yeah. of the SEAL teams. Yeah, they're the overall. Which is <clears throat> you make it to that level, you're you're talking to a, you know C-suite people. Yeah, you're you're. It ended up talking to a, a full O six. Yeah. Like, okay, what do we got here with these photographs? You know, and so. The interesting thing about it is because these Are you photos, still in at this time or by now you're out? Oh, I'm, I'm almost out. I mean, okay. we're talking, I'm almost out. This is 2017 and, uh, and I'm doing my, you know, my work to get out of, out of the military with medical stuff. And uh, the big thing about it is there, there's all sorts of weird rules that they're having is number one, I wasn't even supposed to be photographing it because I'm a SEAL. <laughs> you need authorization and you need, you know, uh, letters of uh, designation and things like that. You just can't. Believe it or not, you just can't say, hey, um, I want you to go photograph. Hey, man, you're a really good knife maker. Can you make a bunch of knives for the SEAL teams while you're doing your own, while you're doing your work in the SEAL teams? You know, you can't do that stuff. Right. Um, so it raised a lot of attention because the and photographs were be so... would be the ones that are allowed to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know operationally what it takes to yeah. outfit our community. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because you need a combat photographer to do it. And uh, so it went through a lot of weird, weird places because they're trying to figure out are we because what Warcom was trying to figure out is if they were allowed to use the photos because they actually brought guys in from uh, the Smithsonian Institute that actually build ex, uh, um, exhibits, and that was their job. And they're like, okay, we want these photos to be here, here. They're walking through the buildings and what they wanted to do with it, and uh, so a lot of effort was put into it. Uh, and then the Jags were all were okay with it, and and then the, of course PO officers were all okay with it. You know, they loved the photos. But then it just turned into, how are we doing this again? You know, <laughs> because it, it didn't go by a regular channel, um, which is weird. And so, uh, and that's where we went with it. And then finally it got to the point where you start realizing all the rules that you have with photography, you know? And so, um, and yeah, you weren't allowed to edit. Here's the thing about it is, is when you're a combat photographer, you know, all of them out there, when you, they're not allowed to edit their photos and turn them into art, it has to be like how they shot it. Because that's their rules that they made for themselves. I'm like, well, that's dumb. Because you can get more imagery out of there if you actually, you know, create, you know, with, with the images. And then uh, we just never got it done. You know, leadership coming in out, new leadership coming in. Like, who is this? What, what is this guy doing? Is he even here? I heard he was dead. You know, and uh, and that and that's passed. So we never really got done at, at, at all. That was a, that picture right there. The faces. When you, when you, <laughs> yeah. Look at this right here. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so we got so awesome. we're, we're almost getting close to uh how this book was made and sorry this long way but you kind of like what this was so we had like you know lots of commands work we had warcom we had the jags and the pos at warcom jags pos at buds we had a new co a new cmc at buds wondering what the hell was going on you know and uh and then i get out i'm done you know retire and then i'm off and nothing really comes of it and but I started, uh, I just started, uh, Rob O'Neill, actually, did I, did I give you that photo of Kid Rock looking at this stuff? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, you gotta look at this. So, um, so I go meet Rob doing something, maybe, there it is right there, this is actually funny. There's one of the first people to actually look at the photos, this is me and Kid Rock. <laughs> That's a whole story by itself. Good so dude. I have this portfolio, right, and I'm like, man... And I just, I'm, I'm building it up, I'm building it up, I'm building it up. And I go see Rob. He's doing a speech for Folds of Honor. And uh, Rob invites me up and he says, hey, we're going to hang out with uh, uh, you, me, Kid Rock, and we're going to golf, I think, but we're going to drink beer. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. So so I come up and I am pull out my computer and and, I'm, and Bob's like, what? Whoa, what is this? And I told him what I'd 
been doing and i just showed him the pictures so he was actually the first one to see m most of the portfolio which was actually kind of neat he goes you should make a book out of this i'm like yeah right but that was that was kind of interesting path a butt started instagram rob started it for me and then he gave me a bunch of followers hey follow mcteams and i do one image a day that was it wrote about it a little bit and that's it and then after time passed next thing you know i'm like now i have three thousand followers now i have five now i have eight now i have ten you know, and it keeps going up, and and then I, and that's what I did, and I kept getting getting this um, uh, push from the Instagram uh, world to, hey, you need to do a book, you need to do a coffee table book, and I never thought about it, and then finally thought about it in 2019, so I was like, yeah, maybe maybe I should, because I had all these photos, but no one saw them, like no one's seeing them, like my Instagram, but like they're only seeing this much of them. When I have like this much of them that I did, it was over 22,000. Uh, total photos and about 500 edited ones and so um and that's how that passed so my wife's a graphic designer and so we just started spitballing to do one and so we put it all together started writing about the evolutions and then uh because of instagram so got a small uh book published company from herndon called mascot uh they worked with us but we basically did everything and uh but we just needed the book out, pushed it out on Instagram for a week, saying, hey, this finally uncommon, even the word uncommon grit took about three months to come up with the, the term, because it's not all of buds. That's a big thing. What Mascot wanted to do is they wanted to put a trident on it right away. Like, you got to put a trident on it. You got you to say Navy SEAL, trident. And yeah, when I, those, he's like, these guys aren't SEALs. Yeah, exactly. That was my point. It's like, no, they're not SEALs. This is just a small part of the journey. The journey's two years plus. This is like, this is week four. You know, it's not... They're not seals. This is just the, the part, and and I and and he, he didn't understand that. Well, this is seal stuff. It's like no, and uh, and I stuck to my guns. It's like this is what we're gonna do, and if you don't, then we're not gonna do it. So, um, and then uncommon grit, you know, and that was the big thing. Who that, thought of the name? Uh, actually, I did. My my wife and I went back and forth on what we should call, but I knew I wanted grit in it, I, I because that's what it is, grit. Because there's that, that one photo of. Um... All the guys in the decon way back when we were younger, before we got into sales, he said, uh, True Grit. True, yeah, that was at Bull Shirts. Remember that you went there and that yeah, little there poster go. was there? Actually, I was in, I was in sniper yeah. school with a guy that was in that yeah. picture. He's like, Yeah, it's me right there. Is it you? <laughs> that's cool. Um, so that's, but what I can remember is like, you know, this is, these are, these are common guys doing the uncommon, you know? Sure. And so that's where Uncommon Grit came from and we built it and then uh, pushed it out on Instagram and uh, we did. Uh, 1,750 regular copies, uh, 500 limited edition copies. And then uh, as soon as I launched it on Instagram on May 1st, 10 o'clock, both servers crashed. Our website crashed, mascots crashed, because so many people were buying yeah. it. It went bam, 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 bam. That's awesome. Went away. And so we sold all of those. Uh, went on Fox and Friends, uh, sold more. I mean, it was like, you know, they were with Pete, and we were talking about it. And then That's uh, a great crew, man. They help out a lot. Yeah, they do. Yep. And then... Uh, we sold out of that, and then we broke away from Mascot, uh, you know, we just because we wanted it. We were an LLC, and so then we <laughs> we did our own print run of the thousand books. Sold all those, boom! All the Christmas they were they were all gone, and then uh, so then that's when the we like to call it the the uh, the people with long pants in the room decided to pick us up, and that was Grand Central Publishing out of New York City, and it's like this is really cool. And it, what's weird is like they, they don't really do. Illustrated books. Most most photographers that do illustrated books, they do their self. Have you gotten since the books come out and, and 
your sales have gone up than you picked up the long pants. Has, <laughs> has have, have there been more requests for the book or more requests for you to come in and photograph things or both? A uh, little bit of both, but I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, people nowadays, it's like, I don't know, I don't really get a lot of photography gigs. I mean, I got some big ones, but uh, people nowadays, they just want it for free. Or they want to say, hey, can you, like, I'll give you an example, a Pelican case. So Pelican Case approaches me and it's like, hey, we love your, we love your book, we love your photography. We want you to photograph our stuff, you know, like your style. I'm like, okay. So I start building up the contract for it. And it's like, okay, this is what we're going to, we're going to give you $1,500 worth of Pelican Case stuff. You photograph it and then uh, you can keep g- it. give us our, yeah, I can keep the, the, the Pelican Cases. <laughs> and then they'll take my stuff and we'll push it out on our social media. And I'm like, whoa, I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're gonna give me fifteen thousand of uh, fifteen hundred dollars with Pelican case stuff. Have you seen my garage? I literally have so many. I have Pelican cases. For Everything my keeps CF- you on business. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, I don't need your stuff, but you get. I, I got a lot of that because they they want the photographs for nothing, but using social media as a uh, as a kind of like a payment. Well, we'll push you on our social media, and I'm like, you know what? Canon USA with three point two million followers pushed me out. All right, <laughs> so it's it's not. It, it it doesn't pay your bills. It's like, but you get a lot of that. I mean, you really, really do. And it's like, dude, it's like, my, my it's like, man, my Instagram is bigger than yours. And and I look at like how many people go there, but it, it's it's just a big dynamic of how it works. I'm like, no. And I don't. And I said, you know, tell I said, take it with your iPhone. You know, it's not wasting my time. But the big ones I picked up were, you know, like Nike was my big one. They actually paid good, good, uh, good money for what they wanted and. Plus, those guys at the Nike SFB boot section are all retired veterans doing yeah. that. So they actually, there's actually a picture of one of the boots. Yeah. It's so, nice. with, so with the success of the book, did that um, is that what spawned the foundation? Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit about your foundation. So we created the Uncommon Grit Foundation uh, because of the book. And I was um, I was an ambassador for Folds of Honor for uh, a couple of years, which I really really enjoyed. I enjoyed raising money uh, for fallen service members' families. I really enjoyed that. That was like I love doing this because we all want to give back as team guys. When we get out, that's we the best give way back. we can too. We yeah, get, it's, give it to them exactly. Is do what you can with what you have. Never make an excuse of why you can't do something. Do whatever you can with what you got. And what I have. This is my long hair, and I can take a freaking photo. That's oh. that's it. And so, um, take pain. Yeah, that too. And uh, that's how we started. You know, we kind of we didn't even break away from Folds of Honor. Just said, hey, I, I want to go my own path because, you know, when the charity world, I want to give to Seal Foundations. You know, I've been raised literally well over a million plus dollars with this, not the book, but the prints. And raise the money, and none of it ever went to SEAL charities, and I never got that choice. And so for me, it's like I wanted that choice. I want to give to SEAL charities. And so we created Uncommon Grit Foundation in lieu with the book, so we, now we can raise money with it and give to uh, uh, SEAL Foundation, SEAL charities that, uh, you know, that help fallen team guys uh, move forward, uh, the families move forward. And so, and it's just a very, very awesome success story. And all around. I mean, the amount of the amount of people that have the book that that love it. I mean, I get re, I get what I do love is we get emails all the time from people that family has a son that's in buds, and the book is helping them cope with their per, their um, sons and buds, and they can see it. Retired guys, old retired guys, 
guys that are still in, COs of commands have it. You know, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, the further you get away from from the community, the the more you want to <laughs> hold on to re- it. relive yeah. and hold re- on to, to re- those images. Exactly. It is a picture. It's all it takes is a photograph. Morgan sent me one, and I had in my in my locker in the room. It was a kid. He was jumping in the water at the Dell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was four years old. He had his goggles on and his you know swim trunks pulled up a little too high and cinched <laughs> down real tight. And he was in midair, and he was I'll never forget it. And, and it, Morgan wrote on there, he's like, if this kid can take it, you can. I was right down the beach, feeling sorry for myself. Because I call him at, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, getting the pay from and the payphone. And uh, he's like, how's it going? He was always so fired up. I was like, dude. And he, put, he sent me that picture, and I never had a problem after that. I was yeah. like, if a kid is out there having a blast, not can he only take it, but he's having a good time doing mm-hmm. it. And that's the mind thing right yeah, there. It's like, exactly. man, it's this day at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the wars between your ears, man. When you're there. So extremely successful career in the in the teens. The, the, the backstory and the struggle that, that, that you went through, especially living, a, living abroad, living everywhere, mm-hmm. having a pacemaker put in. Dude, that's a kick-ass journey, man. <laughs> and, then, a good and then making the transition and continuing to thrive. Mm-hmm. It's just that is something that's awe inspiring and people want to listen to. So, so, so kudos to you for doing Thank that, you. bro. I appreciate. I mean, that, that. is that is really How, impressive. What, what would you, yeah? What would you <laughs> say to next? somebody to pull yeah. that to keep that line going? To keep that line going, um, never underestimate yourself. Is that's probably and it's the biggest thing that I do is never never underestimate yourself and never think there's something out there that that you can't do. Yeah, you no, know, you always just just talking with you and getting to know you. It's like I, you know what that seems like something I can figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then why not give it a shot? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're limited by your own how far you have potential, and it's how far you want to push it is totally up to you. It's totally up to you how far you want to take it. You, you can stop and then move back, and that's kind of like you know being a buds when I told these guys to quit, and I was like, there's no difference between these guys out there in the surf right now and you right here. Zero. The only difference is they saw that potential and they saw it and they stepped over that line and kept going. You stopped at it and then you retreated back. That's the difference. So a successful, an amazing photographer, author, have your own foundation. What's 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 on the horizon for Big B? Philanthropist. Um, I, you know, that's a great question. It really, really is. Um, I, if I'm going to keep Uncommon Grit going as far as the foundation we have, uh, which you guys are going to come to next year, which is uh, the Bone Frog Open. Yep. So I want to turn that into a series. Uh, it's been very successful the last two years. Actually, John Daly got a hole-in-one this year. Which is a it, golf tournament. Which is my golf tournament, yep. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, brought a lot of team guys uh, to it this year. Um, I want to make it a series. You know, just, you know, hopefully just pick it up. I would think just putting that out, uh, just across state-to-state, state, city to city people, people, I think people always look for a theme. Yeah. And something to support. And yeah, like absolutely. It's a great, great avenue. And it's it's just so much fun. But the biggest part is is giving back. You know, um, the biggest thing that I learned in in the SEAL teams was take care of those that took care of you, period. That's that's it. You know, when you're shooting and moving, when you're moving, someone's shooting and taking care of you, you know, and so it's your turn. Even though you got out, it's still, you're still up. No, we don't ever get out. Yeah. We just come off the line. Yeah, we just come off the line. Come off the line. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that, yes, sir, that's well, exactly. Because they call us retired. I, and I, I <laughs> And that's the craziest thing is like, what do you say, retired Navy SEAL? Because once you're, you're not one, the whole time. It's like, oh, no, you're not. You're, you're no longer at the higher low ready. You're 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 just safe. It's and different. Hang. Yeah, you're yeah. not on the line anymore, right? Yeah. So you're back in the hinterland. You're like, yeah. okay, here we go. It's, it's <laughs> sea, air, and land specialist. The sea and the air. Now we're doing the land. For, yeah. yeah. McBee, where can people buy the book at? All right, you can buy the book 
And hopefully it is dmcburnett.com slash book or slash shop. So my website, dmcburnett.com. It's on there. We got all sorts of good things in there. But if you don't want to go, those are the signed ones. I'll sign it personalized for you. And, and that's and from our site is where we raise the money from. Um, after that, you, uh, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Target. Wherever books are sold, most people just go to Amazon because it's easier. Uh, Hudson, uh, let's see, where books a million. Uh, but uh, which is like really cool to walk into a bookstore and like see your book sitting there. It's like, this is really cool. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that you can't. So like most people just go to Amazon. But we like I like to send people to my website because that's where we can you know personalize it for people and that's where we generate money for the Uncommon Grit Foundation. So dmcrenet.com slash shop or slash book. Do you go into the bookstores and sign them? Autograph them? I never thought about that. So I go in and I'll autograph them and I'll put like a $20 bill in there or I'll, sign, I'll open up to a certain page and, and write some. It's like I was in here. I just wanted to say thanks for you know helping me out and then here's some coffee money. For Christmas, I'll, I'll, I'll put money in there and mail them out. And a lot of people won't even read them. That's the thing is they'll have that book on their shelf and they'll be, there's money in there. You know, or there's, yeah. there's, on top of all the Easter eggs, but I, I like doing it. That's the most fun I have is when I'm traveling around, I'll see it. And I'll sit next to people who are real. I'll say, hey, man, is that a good book? But like, yeah, dude, it's a good book. Like, oh, cool. And, and walk away. They won't even know. I mean, I have the best time with it, man. Make sure I you have as much fun. I never thought of that. Bro, you've got to have a blast with this thing, man. It, once it's out there and you kind of maneuver it around, and that's how you get people like the that always be interested in it because they're looking for it. Because huh. the, well, You I can take them. a selfie with that thing and hang it on your social media with that book and a certain producer says, like, come, here's an issue. Here, come find it. Find it. Come find it. <laughs> There's a number in here you can call and talk to me directly. Wow. Have fun with that it. That is, I just hey, give them a proximity of where yeah, they can yeah. find it. No, you don't give them anything, dude. Just give have them, it's somewhere it's in there. Texas. It's out here. <laughs> it's there. Put a grid coordinate on it. There you go. There you go. Just something in the background. They're like, oh, I, I got that, that from Willy Wonka's thing. Oh, yeah, nice. The golden ticket. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the golden ticket. Man, I just thought that would be so cool that. if you're thumbing through a book, dude, and all of a sudden something, a note falls, and, you're, and it's like, hey, you know, well, that's cool. That is cool. What about social media? Where can people find you on social? Biggest social media is my Instagram, McTeams3842, M-C-T-E-A-M-S-3842. That's my biggest one. That's where people come and and uh, just I'll throw other photos, throw up fun stuff, you know. So it's uh, – and, and, you know, a lot of people bash on social media, but I'm telling you, this is a success story that was with – that started with social media. So yeah. it all worked out. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the show. You got anything else to plug? No, I want to thank you guys for being here. I uh, love everything you guys do. And uh, let me know what I can do more for you. I mean, no, we've had a, we've had a blast in here and yeah, having you at the house. <laughs> Make sure you guys are following us on YouTube because this episode of any of the episodes we've ever done is really important to check out on YouTube because we've probably talked about photos that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you couldn't see those. So jump on YouTube. The photos are going to be sharing there. You can head over to social media and follow Team Never Quit. Uh, Marcus, Morgan, all of us guys. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for oh, being Thank you guys, man. This was a great time.